Welcome to the Strong Sassy Single Mom Podcast. I'm Josie Smith. I'm a single mom of teens, personal growth junkie, entrepreneur and business owner, writer, creator, and coach. You don't have to be a single parent to get value out of this podcast, but if you are, I'm here to remind you that you're not alone in the journey. And I'm here to help you remind yourself who you are, to reclaim your identity, and grow your confidence as a parent, to help you with the strategies to manage your time, your finances, and your personal relationships, to help you rediscover yourself beyond the roles you've taken on, and to reconnect with yourself on a deeper level so you can create the life for yourself and for your family that you've always dreamed of. Because you deserve it. In this podcast, you'll find a combination of real, tangible strategies you can implement in your life, as well as the tools to help you navigate some of the deep inner work that needs to take place in order to take your identity and your life to the next level. We are digging into all of it. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, guys, I may just have to make this a permanent part of my introduction, but if you listen to any of my episodes, you might know that you may hear some language in some of these episodes, and if you have small kids around and that bothers you, you might want to just pop in some headphones before we get started. Today's conversation, we are going to be talking about our environments. And our environments are comprised of both the physical, actual locations, the physical, actual environments where we spend our time, like our homes, our work, the things that we, or the places that we go outside of that, and the people that we choose to surround ourselves with. So our environments are both like physical, actual environments, as well as the people in those environments. And what I touch on today isn't going to go that deep. This is just a very basic, short conversation to get you thinking. In a couple weeks, I'm going to have some more in-depth conversations around both our personal relationships and the physical environments we put ourselves in. But before I did that and overwhelmed the hell out of everyone, I wanted to just open up the conversation and get you thinking and looking at these areas of your life before we dive super deep. Our environments are super important to so many different aspects of our lives. Our environments can influence everything from our health to our mood, to our career, to how much money we make, to just our overall levels of contentment and happiness, our environments are so, so influential over just every single aspect of our lives. And if you're in a season of either feeling like you're just kind of stressed all the time or you're just kind of living in survival mode, I would really encourage you to, as you listen to this conversation, to just think about your environment and how your environment 
could potentially be impacting that sort of a mindset or that sort of a feeling of struggle in your life. And simultaneously, if you are somebody who is, if you are somebody who is wanting to level up right now in this season of your life, if you're somebody who is just taking leaps in either your career or your relationships or your finances or in any way you're wanting to just level up. Um, This conversation is going to be super important for you too because, again, your environment is going to influence your ability to level up or it's going to influence how hard it's going to be for you to get out of being stuck where you're at. Jim Rohn once said that you are the average of the five people you spend the most amount of time with. And I am sure a lot of you, if not all of you, have heard that quote. And I think it's really important to think about who you spend your time with and how they influence you. And what relationships do you have in your life that you are investing a lot of your time and your energy into And are those the types of relationships that are going to allow you to either up-level or are they the types of relationships that are encouraging you to stay stuck? If you're in a season of wanting to up-level, it's super important to put yourself around people who challenge you, around people who are at a higher level than you are, so that you can both see what's possible, but also pick up on the habits that they are implementing in their lives so that you can do the same in yours. An example might be if you have a group of friends and you typically get together maybe with your group of friends once a month and you go out to dinner and you typically go to... um maybe a super casual bar and grill type restaurant, you know, where they serve food like burgers and pasta. And you've decided this year that you are going to be on a health journey and you're going to make better choices as far as your nutrition goes. If you continue to go to dinner and eat with the same people at the same places, the tendency of allowing yourself to slip back into old habits is going to be really, really high. You might go out to dinner with these friends and you may look at the menu beforehand and you might decide ahead of time that you're going to order the chicken or the salmon or a salad. And you might have all the conviction in the world to make a better choice than you used to. But when you get in this familiar, comfortable environment... And as the, ser- as the server goes around the table and someone orders a burger and someone else orders the pasta and, and someone else orders the Philly cheesesteak and a couple other people decide to split a pizza, then when the server comes to you and asks for your order, how easy is it going to be to just slip back into old habits and order the burger? Because all of a sudden you're very aware 
that ordering the chicken or the salmon is going to make you stand out. And you don't want your friends to think that you think you're suddenly better than them, that you can't eat the way they eat, the way you used to eat. And if you've actually been in this situation and you've actually made the healthier choice to order the chicken or the salmon when everyone else is eating burgers and pizza, how long does it take for one of your friends to be like, oh, come on, you can't enjoy one good meal? Do you really think one burger is going to ruin your life? Now, conversely, let's say you find a group of women at the gym who have the same goals as you do who have maybe even been on this health or fitness journey for longer than you have, and you just vibe with them, and they invite you to join them for lunch one day. And as the server goes around the table and takes everyone's order, people are ordering the salads, the salmon, the chicken, substituting fries for veggies, or replace veggies for fries, you know what I mean. And then when the server gets to you, what are you going to order? you're not even going to think about ordering the burger because that's not in alignment with your goals or the goals of this group of friends you've made. And that's just an example of why it's important to surround yourself with people who share similar goals because you influence each other's choices. You want to put yourself around people who challenge you. And who challenge you in a way that is going to push you closer to your goals, not further away from your goals. You don't want to put yourself into situations where the people are challenging you to stay the same when you don't want to stay the same. You want to put yourself in situations where people are going to challenge you and hold you accountable to the better version of yourself that you've decided you want to become. You want to put yourself in situations with people who, if you are on a health journey, who are on that same journey, who are already or who are already where you want to be. People who are going to hold you accountable if you go out to dinner and you find yourself in a weak moment wanting to order the pasta when you know you should order the salmon. And along a similar line, you want to have friends that you want to clean your house for. This is an, this is an interesting concept that I, I heard on a podcast. I think it was Chris Harder's podcast a long time ago. And he talked about wanting to have or making sure that you have friends who you want to clean your house for. And as moms, we have really kind of adopted this mindset that if you want to come to my house, you have to just come and accept that my house is going to be a mess because I'm busy and I have kids and and I don't have time to clean. And in some circumstances, I think that it is totally fine to accept that your house is not always going to look perfect, that your house is sometimes going to have clutter because you do have kids at home. But I think that it's, I think that it's important to have friends who you want to clean your house for and not out of feeling 
like judgment, not out of feeling like you have to perform, but because you have this knowing that you want to do better and and these friends, you don't want them to come into your house if you're not at that level where you are doing better. And it's more of an accountability thing. It's more of a wanting to up level and wanting to feel better about the environment that you're in than it is giving yourself grace. Because we do have to give ourselves grace for those seasons that are a little bit more challenging, for those seasons where we do have a little bit more on our plates But it's equally important to differentiate between giving yourself grace for being in a challenging season and enabling yourself to stay stuck in that season, to stay stuck in that environment that is not serving you. There's a difference between grace and enabling. And it's important to recognize when you cross that line from giving yourself grace into enabling yourself to not take the steps that you know you need to take to make your life and your environment and your situation better. And I really loved that idea of making sure that you have friends that you actually want to clean your house for. Another group of people that a lot of times we surround ourselves with that keep us stuck is our coworkers. If you work in a job, in a nine to five, if you work as an employee, a lot of times you spend your days with coworkers and you spend a lot of that time in conversation with coworkers, either complaining about work or complaining about other coworkers or complaining about your boss. And it's really challenging to spend so many hours in an environment when you're constantly focused on all that negativity. If you need to maintain relationships with certain coworkers just because you need to keep your job, it might be necessary to reevaluate how you are engaging in those relationships. So it's really important to recognize when you've allowed yourself to get into those patterns with coworkers that you either should be stepping back from those relationships and maybe not engaging as much with those people who have allowed that negativity to continue to perpetuate or changing the conversation. If something comes up and it tends toward negativity, changing the conversation to something else. And it can be it can be hard when you've gotten into these patterns and gotten into these habits with people, especially if you've been working with the same people in the same environment for years and years and years to change the conversation. When you've gotten so accustomed to just being stuck in that in that negativity spiral. And so maybe one suggestion would be if something negative comes up, instead changing the conversation to asking about their family or asking about something that you know that they did over the weekend that they enjoyed just to get the conversation 
focused on something else, but focused on something else that's positive and just continue to pull back on engaging in the negativity. And the more you do that, the more they're going to recognize that that that's not who you are anymore, but it might take a while. It might take a while, especially if you've been there and been in those relationships for a long time. And so it's going to take diligence. It's going to take practice. And, you know, it may even take having a conversation specifically around the negativity and just letting your coworker know that you've recognized that this negativity is causing you to not want to come to work, but you need to come to work and you want to be happy about coming to work because you know you need to be there because you need to pay the bills. And so you're trying to do what you can to foster positivity so that you can continue coming to work and doing what you are supposed to do so that you can continue to support your family. In addition to the personal relationships we have in our lives that create our environments, we also have our actual physical environments, where we live, where we work, where we spend our free time. And those environments are super important to how we are influenced and how we function on a daily basis. And I heard a quote and I wish I could remember who said it because it just like stopped me in my tracks. But the quote was, your external environment is a direct reflection of your internal environment. So if you look around at your external environment, look around at your home, look around at your office, what you see in your external environment, what you have created in your external environment is a direct reflection of your internal environment. If you have clutter in your external environment, that is a direct reflection of clutter that you have internally. If you are functioning in an environment that is full of clutter and full of disorganization and full of just chaos and mess, that's going to affect how you engage in literally everything. It's gonna affect how you engage with the people in your life, with your coworkers, with your families, with your kids, with your significant other. It's going to affect how you talk to yourself. It's going to affect your productivity. It's going to affect your mood. It's going to affect your overall mental health. If you're surrounded by clutter, that's going to affect your mental health. There have been studies done on this, and women who see their homes as being cluttered, have higher levels of cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And it's associated with just a chronic level of stress. If if you're functioning in that level of stress, you're essentially functioning in a permanent fight or flight mode. And People with more clutter in their homes just expressed a much lower level of general contentment or satisfaction 
in their lives, just in general. I notice this like I am super, super sensitive to clutter and mess. And I notice this especially, well, in literally every area of my home. (laughs) But when I walk in the door of my home, if my kitchen is a mess, I am instantly stressed. Like there is no, there is no in between. I walk in my door. If my kitchen is a mess, if, if I've been gone for a few hours or for a day and the kids have been at home and they've been in the kitchen eating or making a mess or I don't even know what they do because there's two of them and I come home and there's like 27 glasses on the counter. I have no idea what they're drinking all day. But I walk in and if there's a mess in my kitchen, I am instantly at like a super high stress level. I cannot handle it. And then I start to get short-tempered, like I lose my shit. I can't function when there is a mess in my kitchen. And so I recognize this. I recognize how clutter affects my mood, my ability to focus, my ability to communicate. And the kids notice this too because they know if I'm coming home and they don't clean the kitchen, they already know when I walk in the door that shit's going down. Keep in mind, my kids are 19 and 14, so we're not talking about six-year-olds here. They know how to load a damn dishwasher. The other area of my home that I notice really affects me is my office space, where I work. If I finish up working and I leave a mess on my desk, if I come back to it the next day, I cannot focus on anything until I clean up the mess first. It's just entirely too distracting. Other environments you need to pay close attention to are the environments where you hang out, outside of homework, work, where you go to have fun or unwind. And are those environments in alignment with either the person you want to be or the direction you're trying to go? An example, kind of in alignment with my restaurant example from before, if you meet up with friends every Friday afternoon for happy hour beers at the dive bar down the street after you get off work, is that in alignment with your health goals, with your career or entrepreneurial goals, with your parenting goals? You definitely need to carve time for yourself But you should make sure that the environment you are putting yourself in is in alignment with who you want to be and where you want to go. Maybe instead of happy hour beers, you go out for some casual appetizers at a nice restaurant across town. Or you look for some networking events for local women entrepreneur or business leaders events or parenting workshops instead. Now, nothing I'm saying here is placing any judgment on the friends you have, how clean your house is, what you choose to do in your free time. My whole entire point here is to challenge you, to challenge you to look at each of these areas of your life and ask yourself, 
if who you are surrounding yourself with and the environments you choose to put yourself in are actually in alignment with who you want to be or who you want to become. This is something to evaluate yourself. This is something you need to decide for yourself, not something that I can tell you the answer to. And if you've recognized an area of your life where your environment isn't serving your direction or your goals, I'd love to hear from you. Take a screenshot of this episode, share it in your stories, tag me, tag the podcast, both are in the show notes, and let me know what area or what environment are you going to actively look to change or up-level in the coming weeks or months. And as I've said in previous podcast episodes, I'm going to be doing a giveaway at the end of February. I gave away a $50 Amazon gift card at the end of January, and I haven't decided what February's giveaway is going to be yet, but I'm maybe another gift card, or I'm also looking at some books that are just amazing and incredible that I really love. Um, So I haven't decided what February's giveaway is going to be yet, but I'll let you know as soon as I decide. But in order to enter the giveaway, just share the episode in your stories. Make sure you tag me, tag the podcast, and you can get multiple entries throughout the entire month. So share any time that you that you hear something that really resonates with you or that speaks to you, share it in your stories and tag me and tag the podcast and I'll get you entered in the giveaway. Thanks for tuning in to the Strong Sassy Single Mom podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with a friend or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me so I can share you in my stories too. And if anything I talked about today really spoke to you, send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. As always, it's been an honor to have this conversation with you today. And until next time, you got this.